podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Friday morning? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Good morning. Happy, happy week between Thanksgiving and Christmas. We are here. It's December. We've got winter football coming at you. And what a, what a game it was on Thanksgiving and because you asked already, Timmy, my favorite part of the game was watching so many guys eat turkey legs and then throw them into the stands. That was easily the highlight of the game. Yeah, you know, I had kind of forgotten about the last 49ers-Seahawks uh, matchup but cause just because I was a little younger then. But but seeing everybody on Twitter be like, this is this is healing like some deep-rooted trauma was like, oh, yeah, I, I yeah. remember that. Like, it's nice to watch the Niners eat, eat some turkey on a— on the Seahawks field. Yeah, it's it's a good feeling. Fun to hear. Fun to hear these. I loved watching Debo get asked the questions. <laughs> I don't think he wanted any. He just wanted the turkey leg. Uh, George Kittle and Nick Bosa coming in there was just so fun to see the whole the whole studs together. Um, yeah, seriously, great game. Um, felt so good. Timmy and I were just debriefing it before coming onto the air and. Uh, I love, and I think Timmy's in agreement with me here. I know, I think we both like Al Michaels. I think he's actually your favorite, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, Al but Michaels I, is, the, is the best of the best. I love Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth together. I love it. Really? What are your thoughts? On, yeah, do you not like it? I don't I don't mind it. I think Tirico's good. I, I think Collinsworth is very good. I, I don't think Tirico is Al Michaels, but... I, I think no. he's I think he's very, very good. I, I agree with you. Did you watch just, this is a different game, but I did not know what Jason Garrett's voice sounded like until Sunday night football <laughs> last weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, I get that. It's not necessarily like what you'd expect from the, the head coach, former head coach of the Cowboys. But uh just Mike Tarico and Chris Collinsworth, some of the stuff they were saying I thought was great. Towards the end of the game, uh I I just watched uh a recap as well this morning and I, I it reminded me and I heard it but he's like well you get a star quarterback like Brock Purdy who doesn't spend his bye week in Cabo he goes back home to get some uh go back to farming <laughs> like yep that's that's a that's Brock that's what Brock Purdy's doing uh there's something else he said that Chris Collinsworth said this one and I thought it was so stinking funny but I can't remember it now it was good yeah Brock Purdy spending the bye week uh, sleeping and and farming and if you if you subscribe to the Athletic like me you probably read this week's article about Brock Purdy's sleep and I'm I'm spending all this time now wondering how how I can structure my sleep schedule like Brock's but that's uh that's not super relevant but uh, a good fun Thanksgiving game it, it it was an easy win for the 49ers but it it didn't feel like it which is is odd to me Daniel do you, do you know what I'm talking about it just like 
it the scoreboard says like this is a game the 49ers rolled away with and they kind of did and yet it felt like they were kind of faltering and just it, it, there were times where it felt kind of close and then kind of in the in the fourth quarter the team kind of marched down scored a touchdown put it away but it it felt closer than the score said it was and clearly the Seahawks are a pretty good team. We're coming off them going blow for blow for a shootout with the Cowboys last night. But but Daniel, what do you what do you think about that? Did it feel closer than it actually was? Uh I would say no, but I absolutely know the feeling you're talking about because I, I posed the same question to you of what what stopped them from rolling? Because they came out and they were firing on all cylinders. They came out hot. Every offensive play seemed to be um an explosive play i mean first touchdown debo samuel that was an incredible play where they have him in the back as a receiver and then they hand it off to the receiver and he walks into the end zone and they're up 7-0 seahawks get a field goal uh mccaffrey gets a touchdown and they're up 14-3 oh wait mccaffrey gets another touchdown they're up 20 24-3 by the uh, by the end of the half 24 to three that is an absolute smashing and it was awesome because it was such a Debo heavy Christian McCaffrey heavy game and they nothing really stopped them uh they were able to just to keep it going and so if they're up 24 to three at half why are you and I feeling like uh what, what kind of happened I think I think potentially for <laughs> for fans like us we just want to smash all day long and the second that it we're not demolishing a game, it feels like they're slowing down when really it might just be a dead even game for a moment. Uh, so moving on from 24 to 3, uh, coming in to the third quarter was when Jordan Brooks got his pick six. It was tipped off of, I believe it was Jaron Reed who tipped it. Um, Jordan Brooks caught, caught the ball in the air and waltzed into the end zone for a pick six. The only Seahawks touchdown of the day, correct, was a defensive pick six. So they didn't get yeah. a single offensive touchdown. That That is not a close game. If no, your, it is, if it is your certainly opponent, not. Yeah, if your opponent does not get an offensive touchdown, that is unreal. I mean, unless your team only gets one, but that is not the case here. Um, so they're able to get that touchdown. They get another field goal, and then fourth quarter that is when Brandon Ayuk's touchdown comes into play extra point is made to make it 31 to 13 with about just under eight minutes to spare in the game and so I think part of it is kind of on us where we just want to feel like we're rolling the whole time because if you look at the breakdown you look at the stats even not just the end of game stats but as I just went through the quarter by quarter scoring summary we were rolling the whole time a pick six like that is going to halt some momentum. And so maybe that's the moment where we felt it is, oh, something that they actually didn't do well. And it was, you know, I am never blaming a quarterback who gets an interception because the ball was tipped and somebody else caught it. I mean, I guess you could nitpick even further than nitpick and say you should have got it out sooner before the guy tipped it. Whatever. I don't I don't buy into that. So yeah, pick six, just unfortunate timing play. I don't I don't put that one on Brock by any means. But really, this was a demolishing of Seattle, but yet Timmy and I are asking, hey, why did we feel like it stopped at a moment? And so part of me wants to say, Timmy, it didn't. 
and, and maybe we just need to be okay with getting a little bit uncomfortable for a moment because we destroyed them. I don't know. Yeah. What do you what do you think to that? No, I I agree. We we won, and that's that's what matters. And and I I think that's ultimately what matters. And we won handily. The game was never really in doubt. And I I think you're right. I think it's just a perceptions thing. Absolutely, it was a a solid solid performance from the 49ers all around. A real fun Thanksgiving night. That that that's for sure. I think it's just a little like how good are the Seahawks? We hung kind of close. Like I just it's hard to. Uh, it's just sometimes hard to know with those kind of things, but yep. we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens from there. So you just gotta you just gotta know what uh what's going on. So yeah, I mean it was it was an incredible game on the offense and defense. Uh, Brock pretty a little light on the stat sheet, but what a game! I just cannot get that Brandon Ayuk touchdown out of my head. Uh, that route was amazing. I don't oh, really know how to into, just verbally describe it to you. The into quadruple coverage throw? Yeah, and so part of me was like, is that a play? You know, I think it was two or three weeks ago. I think it was the Jaguars. Where Purdy rolls out left and hugs it back into the middle of the field, into the end zone, where I think it was Jaguars. And Ayuk caught a touchdown, and, and we talked about, hey, not a great decision, but it worked. I was thinking this was a similar play, but I think that's exactly how they drew it up. I think that uh, Kyle was, you know, hoping that they weren't going to think they'd throw into that kind of coverage. But Ayuk kind of cuts out left and then cuts kind of like he's just running a little slant, but then he runs in hard and catches that ball in the air and is bumped into the end zone and gets right up in the face of, I don't know who was on him at that point, um, but just an incredible catch. I know Ayuk only had two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, but man, did that that touchdown catch mean something there, right? Um, Absolutely. And that was kind of one of the like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we've definitely got this place, you know? Totally. And that was that was Purdy's only touchdown of the day. He was 21 for 30. Kind of a classic Brock Purdy game. 209 yards. Not crazy yardage. One touchdown, one interception. Only sacked one time, a rating of 86.7. Not bad at all. Uh, Christian McCaffrey worked. 19 rushing attempts, 114 yards, two touchdowns, but that's an average of six yards per carry. That's phenomenal. That was legit to see. Uh, loved Debo's rushing touchdown, and we already went through uh, Brendan Ayuk's touchdown. Debo got the ball a ton in the air. All around good game from the studs. Bummer don't you know only see three receptions for George Kittle off of five targets, but everybody else getting it done big time. Any offensive plays really stick out to you other than Brandon Ayuk's touchdown, Timmy? No, I mean the Brandon Ayuk touchdown was was far and away the the play of the game. It's hard to <laughs> it, it's hard to call out anything else. But I, I do think it's important. I mean, McCaffrey had a phenomenal game. Purdy had a phenomenal game. Everyone performed well, but obviously Ayuk is gonna is gonna walk away the star of the show, and and he deserves to. Uh, we Debo do need to really worry a little good. bit. Interior O-line play is something I'm a little worried about. John Feliciano was in. Spencer Burford is now practicing again, but he has not been playing lights out this year. There's been some talk that we might go into next week, maybe doing a a Feliciano-Burford rotation, kind of like the team did with Brunskill and Burford last year. At that, I think it's the, is it the left guard spot or the right guard spot, Daniel? I'm I'm completely blanking and I'm I'm embarrassed about it. Right guard. Okay, thank you very much. 
Yeah. Well, it's but, it's confusing because when Banks is out, I believe it was Feliciano, Feliciano in on the left because he's the you know six six or seven guys so he can rotate in. So I get that when Banks is out, he was there on the left. Banks is back, so now it's um, Burford and Feliciano on the right. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on if we if we do that rotation. I don't know what that says about the team's confidence in Burford or anything like that. So we'll just we'll uh, but just just something to monitor Timmy, and to be aware of. But Timmy, do you know who Spencer Burford is? I don't. He's Brock Purdy's roommate. Is he? I thought it was just Nick Sakels this year. No, I'm I'm pretty positive it's it's Spencer Burford. Did you see when their the Christmas whole... card last year? No. I will immediately go look that up. That's oh, you haven't great. seen this? I'll find it. I'll find I don't it. I'll think find so. it. It's Maybe so I good. I can't remember. I'm texting you. Listeners, uh, so you can join us. Google Brock Purdy Christmas card. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. I think that. it's him. It's him and uh and Zakelj and let me remember the guy's name real quick. So yeah, Alfredo Gutierrez, the the offensive so tackle, the, who's been been in and out of the team for a while with the international the practice squad uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, which makes you know, sense. You know what's funny I, though? Uh, watching, um, I think the the Bengals game when Jacob Browning came in and he starts throwing to Trenton Irwin, and it's and you got Jamar Chase and other guys open, and they were asking like, "Hey, when a practice squad quarterback or the the second the backup quarterback, the uh, second team getting the or getting the guy getting the second team reps, they throw into the guys they know rather than the receivers they don't. But I don't think that was ever Brock, or maybe we just didn't have any of the second team receivers in. Uh, but I always think it's funny when well, you know, do you, you do you know what it was? Guys. Tell me the the practice squad relationship Brock Purdy had was was Christian McCaffrey. Brock Pert, when Christian McCaffrey showed up oh, to the team, right. he learned yeah. the playbook in about two days, and he did that because the team just had Brock Purdy spend two days with him going over the entire playbook. That mm-hmm. was the the equivalent, was was Purdy's relationship he's had with McCaffrey from day one because he was kind of like, hey, Brock, you're the third-string quarterback, or the second-string quarterback now. Get this guy up to speed. Well, and that is just, where, where he came let's in. Let's picture this. I want to go into Christian, Christian McCaffrey's perspective on that. You're one of the best, if not the best, running back in the NFL and you are traded to a team and they're like, Hey, so glad you're here. Yada, yada, get it all the way time for business. Here's this 23 year old kid who is the last pick in the draft. He's going to teach you the playbook. You're going to hang out with him nonstop for two or three days. And he's going to tell you all about it. And Brock pretty does. It seems to do a great job. And then they build a great friendship. And Chris McCaffrey's, I think he's only 27, if not 28. So he's not that much older. But Brock, Brock does not look like uh, like he is done growing, I will say. And Chris McCaffrey, no. so when he comes in and just gets this young kid who's the last pick in the draft, I'm wondering what he was thinking. And then it's like, oh, he's legit. Yeah, that's... Let's flip uh, to the other side of the ball. Any defensive highlights here? There's there's certainly a few because there was six total sacks. Six total oh. sacks. Now, Timmy, I can't remember. I have our bold predictions written down, but I don't remember if they were for this last week or two weeks ago 
I, I think they were it. for this week. I think I, I submitted the sack parlay for this week, I believe. So that's not what I have written down. I have two Chris McCaffrey touchdowns for you. Nice job. You're correct. But you also have your sack parlay correct, right? Hargrave, Armstead, Bosa. Or was it not Armstead? I think it was. Would it have been Chase Young for you? Um, yeah, I would have said Chase Young, Hargrave, and Bosa. Uh, Chase Young did not get on the stat sheet. He didn't even have a tackle. That's really? weird. Well, that then not weird? I did not. I did not hit my parlay. Was he out there? Do you have the That's snap counts like. in front of you? No, I'm just. I'm just looking at the the stats, not the snap count. Let me let me pull that up. Because now I'm like, uh, did we not know that Chase Young wasn't playing? I'm positive he played. I remember, I remember him being out there. I, I swear. <laughs> so I'm so confused now. But um, six total sacks, one and a half for Javon Hargrave. I love that. Eric Armstead, Tashawn Gibson had a sack. Bosa had two, and then Givens had uh, the half sack along with Hargrave, and. Timmy, I'm sure you saw this. I believe it was just yesterday or a couple days ago. Bosa was saying he wished that he had a bunch of sacks early on in the season to shut up some of the some of the haters, some of the doubters of him. Um, and so that makes me think that he is going to be rolling as we get closer and closer to playoffs. He had two uh, on Thanksgiving. I bet he's going to break through even a very stout Eagles offensive line for one or two on Sunday. So yeah. Not trying right, to make a I've, prediction. That's just a that's just a Nick Bosa brag there. I've got some snap counts for our our good friend Chase Young. He you, played only only twenty six snaps on defense last night. Four on special teams. So that's only forty six point four percent of the defensive snaps. So something to to be aware of. Obviously, this is game three for Chase Young with the 49ers. So might yeah, just but... still kind of be getting integrated into the system, but you have to hope that's not because he's not performing at the level they expected. That would be a bummer. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I mean, again, this is the hard part about being a beat reporter, but, uh, <laughs> and not with a, a team's organization, truly just big fans is you don't get to see or hear this stuff in, in the same way, because in our eyes, Chase Young is playing up to the speed that we hoped. I mean, he's got a couple of sacks in here um, already. He's worked well with Bosa. He's had a lot of pressures. So I don't know if there's something we're missing. He wasn't on the injury report. So maybe that is a possibility. But definitely, I wouldn't say I'm concerned. I'm definitely on alert, I guess, about making sure that we see Chase Young on Sunday. And I'm going to watch now. I'm going to try to see how much he's out there. Um, do you have all the snap counts pulled up, Timmy? Um, All the snap counts. Uh, no, but I can probably get them back. Okay, I was just curious um, about Chase Young's snap count in comparison to, yes, Bosa, but mainly um, if it was Clellan Farrell, Randy Gregory, somebody who would have been stepping in for him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, just, yeah. I can, I can pull that up. Bosa yeah. had... Bosa logged. Oh, sorry, I clicked the wrong thing. Hold on, hold on. Because he, yeah, he's definitely not on the injury report here. So only a couple of these guys are. 
Eric Armstead yep. did not practice Wednesday, Thursday, so that's that's the big one to yeah, note. Nick Bosa, so so Nick Bosa played forty nine snaps, eighty seven and a half percent. That's pretty standard for him. Clellan yep. Farrell logged. 19 snaps, so 33.9%. So definitely feels like they treated that as more of a more of a rotation there. Let me see if I can grab Randy Gregory as well. And I get that coming in, but Randy Gregory logged about about 32.1% of snaps. So that's a pretty even rotation there with uh with young Farrell and Gregory kind of fill in that spot, young with the lead, which is what we'd expect. But I, I expect him to grab more, more, more of that snap count. Well, Daniel, Especially, I think we need to move on from a, a great win of the Seahawks Niners game because we need to talk about this Sunday's sure clash of the NFC Titans. We got 49ers, Eagles, Eagles, the best of the NFC, one loss, 49ers with three losses still well within range of that one seed and the coveted playoff by if the Niners can knock yep. off the Eagles here that'll put them within one game and of course the head-to-head record Eagles still have to play Dallas again they've been sneaking by in some of these wins barely came out against the Bills played a close one with Dallas the Eagles are the NFL's best team right now but they are not I don't think they are the dominant force they were last year. Their defense was steamrolling teams last year. This year, they have been phenomenal as well, but much more bend, don't break. Much more, this is the team that... Yeah, instead of dominating, they've been finding a way to win. Now, Now, both work... But finding a way to win against another really, really, really good team is harder. Now, obviously, they've been doing that against every really, really, really good team they've played. But yeah. they've been much more scraping by than dominating. I don't know, Daniel. What's your thought? What's your take on the Eagles this season? No, I, I think what you're describing, the Bills game, is a perfect example of that. The Bills are—I think the Bills are a phenomenal team. They are not playing like that this year uh, in, in terms of—they are 6-6. Six and six. And the Bills, prob- I think, would have, other than the Niners, the Bills would have been, or at least in the AFC, the Bills would have been my Super Bowl pick this year, which is kind of embarrassing that they're 6-6. Six and six. Uh, So the Eagles really did pull one out from under them, and it's not the first time that they've done that. So as you were talking about the, the defense, I made a comment saying they're noticeably different. Um, and they've got some injuries going on right now. So I'll just tell you the notable names. There's... Gosh, I think there's 12 guys on their injury report. I'll just tell you the big names. Fletcher Cox, big defensive tackle, getting up there in age. That's why they brought in Jordan Davis. But Fletcher Cox did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Now, he could, any of these guys who don't practice during the week, they're veterans, so they can they can get in there on Sunday even without practice. But I don't know if they will. Linebacker Zach Cunningham did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Dallas Goddard with a broken forearm. I don't think this is when he's coming back. So he didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday. A.J. Brown, limited. His is just a thigh. I think he got hit pretty hard, uh, so it's a stinger. But he was limited Wednesday and Thursday. I expect him to play. Jordan Davis, uh, young defensive tackle, limited Wednesday, Thursday. Lane Johnson logged a full practice Thursday. Julio, Julio Jones, what a what a name to See it with that's just crazy that he's on the Eagles. Limited. I uh, keep forgetting he's on the Eagles. Devonta Smith got a a full practice in Thursday, as well as DeAndre Swift. So, but just got like a lot of things going on for the Eagles, and there's already been talk. Hassan Riddick was was talking out there saying, 
You know, he he was claiming that the Niners or maybe just uh, Niners Nation was all last year complaining and and whining about how the game went down with Brock getting hurt and, oh, we would have won if that didn't happen. He's like, hey, stop talking about it and they get a chance to come in here and prove it. And I'm like, oh, boy, do they? Because they've gotten better. They've gotten better and then they've gotten even better by adding Chase Young. I'm real bummed about Hufunga being out in his injury, but I think that the the secondary is doing okay without him. We certainly would love to see him in there and them do ten times better. But uh, what did you see? What AJ Brown said? Didn't he tweet? He was pretty much saying, "Eagles Nation, I give you full full permission to start trolling Debo this week or something." So I think they're buddies <laughs> and they're playing. But still, yeah, they there, got the same agent, a, came in the same year, so they're probably yeah. just messing with each other. But I, they, I think they are. I've seen I've seen good clips of them. Um, chatting it up before and after games, but yeah. a lot riding I think on what, this. What worries me most, Daniel, about this Eagles offense isn't even the receivers. It's the it's the run game. I mean, you've got why am I blanking on DeAndre Swift and of course Jalen Hurts is really the the focus of the run play. You got the signature tush push and this 49ers defense, while having a better run defense since the Steve Wilkes transition down to the sideline, has kind of been in the Chase Young trade, probably most importantly, has been highlighted by pretty porous run defense and so you've got a team like the Eagles that can just run the ball down the throat lots and lots of RPOs with Jalen Hurts as the focus point I think this is kind of a two-pronged question Daniel do you think the 49ers will be able to stop the tush push with Jalen Hurts like they were against Kirk Cousins with uh, Fred Warner jumping over the line grabbing Kirk Cousins and pulling him backwards and do you think they'll be able to stop this Eagles ground game I, I think that's going to be more important I'm not I'm I'm worried about the Eagles passing attack but 49ers have been pretty darn good against the pass and but against this run game, I don't know. That that scares me. And if the Eagles' run game is working, they will run all day long. Well, here's the thing about – yeah, I mean, I have – this. DeAndre Swift is having a good year, but I've had a hard time with him beforehand um, in seasons past, whether it's injuries. I just didn't think he was that amazing of a running back, but he's doing great. And so, yeah, I, th- I think that that is a good question to to ask is can we stop a solid run game? but especially a run game that has a quarterback that gets there's only 3 games this year that Jalen Hurts does not have a rushing touchdown and in 3 other games he has two so he's got a total of quick math 3 6 I think he has 11 11 rushing touchdowns on the year so the Niners got to be prepared for that I think that this is going to be a big game where they're going to try that um because we're going to be so focused on some of these receivers like Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. So I'm curious to see what we do. Does Isaiah Oliver get in? Because A.J. Brown is a, is a big dude. Um, I don't think he's in the slot, so I don't, I, I don't know what they'll do exactly there. But I, I am, yeah, I mean, it's okay to say that we're worried about this game. This is the best team in the NFL right now. So I think I am truly most worried for... So part of the part of me says their defense, but then the other part of me says uh, their rushing game. But specifically, Jalen Hurts, as we were just noting, so he's got rushing touchdowns up the wazoo. I mean, last last week against the Bills, he had two rushing touchdowns. Swift had none. Uh, Swift and Hurts had the same amount of attempts, fourteen. Swift was able to get fifteen more yards, eighty over sixty-five, but Hurts had the two touchdowns. I do think. 
part of it for the challenge for Jalen Hurts will be if he can play a true clean game. He doesn't struggle to do so as much as Tua uh, Tagovailoa does. I've got Tua in fantasy leagues, and I feel like he'll throw for 300, 400 yards and three or four touchdowns every week, but with one or two interceptions and one or two fumble losses, and so it takes down the, the fantasy points. And I think Hurts is similar. He'll throw a few picks or fumble the ball, and that's why we love Brock Purdy so much is because it feels so much cleaner. And so I can't wait to see this battle between the quarterbacks, but it's not just a true battle between the quarterbacks because both of these quarterbacks have incredible weapons. And yes, Jalen Hurts has uh, a lot of rushing touchdowns, but they don't even have to, they do not rely on doing everything themselves. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see how these offenses compare to each other, but let's just take a look at their defense real quick. I mean, big names, Darius Slay, Top cornerback. He's getting up there in age, but he's still killing it. James Bradbury is their number two. Uh, Bradley Roby is their number three. He's been a guy that's bounced around. Earlier this season, they traded for Kevin, I, I believe it's Bayard. Incredible safety. Uh, mainly spent the most of his career, all of his career with the Titans. And then Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Hassan Riddick. Goodness. I mean, I think we've talked that they, they have the best defensive line in football. The Niners could argue for that with Chase Young and Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead now, but this is a matchup. This is like this is more fun than the Super Bowl, would you say, Timmy? Yeah. No, this is the... I mean, all NFL fans should be very, very pumped for this one, and they are. I mean, this is the game of the year, and I don't think it's close. For some reason, it's not showing in Los Angeles, which is, do do even Rams fans want to watch Rams-Browns over this game? But anyway, this this is the, the game. I mean, there is nothing. There is no game like this one. This is the game of the year for 49ers, for the Eagles, for the NFL season in general. So, should be very, very fun. I am am very excited for it. And then, just I, I think we need to talk about Daniel. What do you What do you expect to see from this Eagles defense? Because they are are very, very, very good. You got Jalen Carter having a phenomenal rookie year, already one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, filling in nicely for the the role Javon Hargrave, now a 49er, played for them. You got Hassan Reddick on the outside. You got Fletcher Cox, who I don't know if you saw this on Monday Night Football, like, a week and a half ago, but he jumped over an offensive lineman while getting back in position against the Chiefs, and it was just one of the most incredibly impressive, casual, athletic things I've ever seen anyone do. He was just like backpedaling, and he was trying to line up quick, and he just jumped over the O lineman to get back to where he wanted to be. Craziest thing, but anyway, craziest thing. Very very good defense. You got Darius Slay out there. I mean, this is a good, yeah. a re- a really really good defense, but they're not what they were last year. The secondary is pretty weakened. And, and just they, they have a new defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, now uh, took took the bus into work to play against the cart to coach the Cardinals in Arizona. So they've got, I think it's uh, Sean Desai, does that sound right? He used to be the Broncos D coordinator. Last time I was reading about uh, Stephen Ruiz on The Ringer talked about this. Last time these two teams, or last time Kyle Shanahan coached against Sean Desai, the uh, Kyle Shanahan cooked him, <laughs> but he's a he's a good D coordinator, and they've just been they've been finding ways to win. They've been finding ways to get the stops they they need to right, and they're not dominating teams the way they were last year. 
but they are they are getting the stop they need to get when they need to get it. And in the same way the offense has been getting the touchdown it needs to get when they need to get it. So it's just a, a really good all-around defense this year. But I don't know, Daniel, how do you think the 49ers offense is going to attack this Eagles D? Well, f- first I want to note that, man, I, I wonder how much, how much hype or how much drama, whatever word you want to use, is going to be involved around Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave was on the other team last year, and I want to say things got chirpy with Hargrave, and I want to say at the end, uh, before he became a Niner, he was saying some stuff about the Niners, and I get it. It was a it was a heated game. Trent Williams absolutely threw him into the ground. Do you remember that? Grabbed him by the horse yeah. collar. Yeah, Chuck. Emotions were emotions were heated. I mean, that was some of the worst. What four hours of my life? Would you say the same? Oh, it, it was it was traumatic for for sports fans, for Niners fans. Did, but did you watch some of that, that emotion tweet I sent you? Did you watch the video I sent you? This is a sidetrack, but it's it's worth talking about. Of George Kittle mic'd up from that game. Yeah, just so much hope in his voice. He's like George. You could hear George Kittle just be like, "Guys, we could still do it." After Purdy tours his elbow, at one point he walks up to Purdy and is like, "You're not. You can't throw left-handed, can you?" Like, just so hopeful. Like, guys, we could we could still yeah. win. We could still do it. And it's like, oh, George Kittle is the heart and soul of this team. And it was just heartbreaking. And, I mean, you saw that come out with, with Trent getting a little aggressive at the end. It, it was just a, a little. You could see the team just fall. Yeah, a little. You could see the team just falling apart after after Purdy and Josh Johnson went down. Yeah. Just no I mean, no it, fun at all. And so it, that, that it kind was of contributed over, to chirping. It was over, of course. But I, I do expect things probably to get a little heated between maybe Hargrave and Jason Kelsey and Hargrave and Hurts. And yeah, I, I want Hargrave I think that emotion, angry against his formal team, former team. I think the emotion is still there even if you take Hargrave out of the equation. Like He's not the, the centerpiece of the emotion. Hassan Riddick saying what he said this week, like the Niners were winding last year. They can come and improve it. Man, I mean, and you know what? I just, they were. I'm ready to see Brandon Ayuk, Charverius, uh, Dre Greenlaw, some of these guys who – are the ones chirping and maybe sometimes too far and costing the team. I can absolutely see them them trying to rile guys up and them getting after it. So and throwing Hargrave on the other side of the ball. I, I'm sure I'm sure there's no love lost between him and the Eagles, but he's on the other team now. So And you know what? We do have to here. back it up. Debo and Ayuk were chirping. I mean they were talking a lot of smack. They they need to back that up. And so I think we can, but absolutely they need to. Yeah, gosh, there's just so many scenarios running in my head, w- ways this game can go. So, I have I have no idea how this how this game can go. I think the 49ers' offense is better than the Eagles' defense. I I do think that, and so I think it will most likely be a high scoring game. I don't know that I think the 49ers' defense can consistently stop the Eagles' run game. And that that is what I'm going to be worried about. But Chase Young has revitalized this defense. His ability to now that we can set the edge on both sides, where we have been stopping the run game better. So it, it might look very different. But I don't, I don't know. This Eagles run game has been very very difficult to limit and to stop. And so I just don't know what to expect. Let's finish it off. Bold predictions here. I've got mine. I'll go and All give right. you a minute. <clears throat> I'm pretty yeah, sure we have not, not seen this yet. What do you say? Let's hear it. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we have not seen this yet this season from this man. But with this game being two of the best teams in the NFL 
it being a slugfest, two great defenses, but I do think it's going to be a a relatively high-scoring game, but I think it's going to be close. And I think the game is going to be decided with a Jake Moody game-winning field goal. Oh, that's a big one. In the rain to redeem himself from the, the Browns' miss? I'm okay with no rain. I'm fine with no rain. I think it. I think it might be raining. There, it's supposed uh, to maybe rain this weekend. That's why I. Oh that. gosh, I hate it. So I'm gonna pull a little bit from some of my some of my fantasy football knowledge and and fandom. I have the 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 fantasy footballers who uh, Daniel and I really admire, of course, have George so Kittle much. ranked as the number one tight end this week. The Eagles really? have been not particularly great against tight ends. Obviously, Kittle is one of the best, and they have also been able to. They have also been able to. The the Eagles defense has also been pretty porous against the against other quarterbacks all year. So I think we're gonna get a big Purdy game, a pretty big Purdy game, and a pretty big Kittle game. I'm gonna go two passing touchdowns for Purdy, minimum, and one of them goes to Kittle. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Come on, go three, go three touchdowns, Purdy. All right, three passing touchdowns for Purdy, one received by Kittle. And two Christian McCaffrey touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. Wow. Does okay. that count as bold? Is that bold enough for you? That's much better. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, there you have it. Listeners, get excited. This is the kind of game you wait all year to get to watch. The only other game Seriously. on the, the Niners schedule that I think should be this good is Niners Ravens on Christmas Day and I don't think it's going to be as good as this this is the NFL season's Christmas gift to all of you getting to watch Niners Eagles no matter what happens I think it's going to be close I think it's going to be exciting and it is going to be a game to remember so thanks for getting ready for it with us here on 49ers Unrestricted Daniel any final thoughts to the listeners uh hey just remember to breathe remember to breathe know that there's a lot of time on the clock on sunday this is really just advice for myself but don't throw anything at your tv you'll regret it i promise yep and enjoy this game thanks as always for tuning in and uh stay safe out there everyone (laughs) 